Welcome once again into the Soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 91, special midweek edition. A lot going on, so uh, instead of waiting a whole week where you guys wouldn't care, we're going to nestle in a podcast right now. As always, we encourage you to rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. We are looking towards the World Cup. The September window is now behind us. And with that in mind, very special guest, he's back. Eric Winalda, now of Sirius XMFC. He had some trending viral takes about the U.S. game against Saudi Arabia. He will jump in here in the business end to discuss specifically just that. I'll give you my own thoughts as well. Coming up a little bit later in stoppage time, we will explain why, as you already know, Lionel Messi is the goods. He just keeps proving why we need to wrap him in, put him in bubble wrap and hang on to him. Put him uh, in cryogenic chamber. The guy's just a remarkable human being and how we have to protect him a little bit more moving forward. A busy show. I know you might be angry. I'm here to take a little bit off the edges. We'll see if we could do that. Don't let things discourage you. We still have the World Cup to look forward to. We shouldn't be having a procession, but that's neither here nor there. It's a feel-good show for the most part. Let's get going. We are back, and make sure you check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Barretos, where we recap the USA-Saudi Arabia game and put a bow. If you want to gift wrap this September window to anyone, we'll put a bow on it. Yeah, it wasn't great. And... Uh, We'll talk to Eric Winall on the business end, but, you know, in a normal World Cup year, this is a great send-off playing at home. I think people are, like, open, turning on the channel and watching a ton of teams playing here in the United States, notably Argentina and Mexico, and getting big crowds. So you were like, why are we playing in this empty stadium? And that, look, it is what it is. Um, I, I recorded the interview with Eric, and at the time I said, look, hindsight's twenty twenty." But back then I was like, all right, I think a Japan-South Saudi Arabia game in Germany and Spain probably put a little hair on this team's chest. That's not a bad thing. And now the way it went, you're, I'm doing a, a complete 360. Wait, a 180, pardon me. <laughs> I just did a Jason Kidd. I'll do a 180. I've done a, th- a few 360s in my day. So, um, yeah, this is a young team. They needed a send-off, right? They needed a, a stroke to their ego. And we'll talk about Eric, but you know, that's also the problem, is that we need to stroke this team's ego in many ways because they're kids. This is a huge job for them. I can imagine how they must feel underwater. The responsibility of returning a USA after not qualifying for a World Cup, knowing that they're going to host it in 2026. False expectations put on their shoulders. Should have never thought that this was a team that could make a quarterfinal run. Maybe they can. The World Cup's going to be odd. You know, I mean, I was watching a lot of games and, you know, sure, you had Brazil blowing the doors off of people and Argentina to a lesser degree. These Nation League games. Nation League games uh, just going on swimmingly, really. But, you know, they're all... Some of the European teams, I mean, I, I, our first opponent, Wales, I don't think you you come out of these two games, even though your morale's a little bit low, that you look at Wales and go, wow, they're a, they're a 
They're better than us. Well, guess what? I looked at the Vegas sports book lines, and the USA still favored to get through in that group by a good margin over Wales. And Iran had a distant fourth. Iran had a nice window. They had that win over Uruguay. Uh, Iran's not going to play the, as we said in the last show, the United States like the Japanese, nor is Wales. Nor is Wales. So um, in a perfect picture, maybe they have a better send-off. And it's also good to get this, this, this country excited about the World Cup. There is no enthusiasm about the World Cup. There is none. We're in this echo chamber in social media, right? And we, uh, we, we make it sound big amongst ourselves, but that chamber is small. You know, outside, people don't care. And remember, this is a World Cup that's going to be going up against the American football season in this country. And the game's in the middle of the night. It may not resonate to a, a large degree. U.S. success trumps all of that, uh, 1,000%. But, I mean, right about now, in most World Cup years, we're talking about this and that. We're, the, the masses aren't talking. As I, uh, I haven't got the ratings for Saudi Arabia. They're going to be dire because it was on FS1. And by the way, Fox is not exactly, you know, turning on the lights and putting up the red, rolling out the red carpet for this thing. There's a John Hamm commercial that airs ad nauseum. By the way, John Hamm, man, is he hard for hard up for money? He's everywhere all of a sudden, including these progressive commercials where he's like romancing flow from progressive. I didn't expect to see that. He's also bringing back the Fletch franchise. He was in Maverick. He uh, and he plays Santa Claus. I actually liked that commercial the first fifty times I saw it. But Fox, you know, they got some criticism. Because of, and I understand why they're doing it. I mean, they're not going to get a lot of eyeballs. So why even have a big studio, big production? But, you know, the, the original studio they used was like, I believe it's an automated studio where they had Alexi and Rob and Mo do or kind of scrunched in there. And it didn't really get you excited for the World Cup is what you're saying. And John Mueller had a, a tweet because the video quality and I'm not letting ESPN off the hook. I mean, ESPN's out of the U.S. men's national team business. That was their last game against Japan. So John Mueller had a uh, a tweet that made me chuckle about, thanks, Fox, for bringing back this AOL-branded webcam-looking broadcast, which it did. It looked really grainy. That, with no atmosphere, didn't exactly wash over excitement about the impending World Cup. But, uh, you know, this is a gamble. Fox could do really well. Fox have a... I, I, I feel for Fox. I don't feel for Fox. Look, they've done a great job with this. And the fact that they got the 2026 World Cup was a master stroke. They complained enough that FIFA gave them a make good because of this 2022 World Cup. So they're off... They're also... Be, they're, they got borrowed money here, no? They're like, look, whatever happens in 2022, 2026 is the baby. And that's where we are going to blow the doors off of this thing when the U.S. and North America hosts it. But you st 2022 is a great opportunity. But you have to share the limelight with the NFL and college football. And this is on a real accelerated schedule, this World Cup. You know, it's not the regular time slot. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's 175,000 watched the game on ESPN or ESPN2 between USA and Japan. 175,000. That's hard to do. It's... Uh, to me, it's a really, and I know it was really early in the morning, but that's a very troubling number. 
Folks are just, folks don't know what's going on. And I, for one, work in this sport and I want more eyeballs. I want people excited about this sport. I want more people to be engaged. I want more people watching the U.S. men's national team. I want more people watching MLS. I want more people watching every soccer uh, property that happens here and get excited about the sport. But there's nothing exciting about it. And this is not the responsibility of the U.S. men's national team, but there's nothing exciting. This team is <laughs> not getting results and they're not scoring goals. By the time they take the field on November 21st, the last goal that they would have scored was June the 14th when Jordan Mars had that stoppage time goal against El Salvador. Not exactly Autobahn breathtaking sexy football. We, uh, we power through though and it will get better. The Saudi game was better than what we saw in... Uh, Dusseldorf against Japan. Not a whole lot better. People are identifying scapegoats, which I think is pretty lame. And we know who they are. Aaron Long and Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira, well, let's talk about him first. We could make him a scapegoat. He came off the bench and he was, I thought, the most effective player. And what I mean by that, he has a problem taking his opportunities, right? But this guy presses like a demon and Saudi Arabia turned the ball over because of the pressure he applied. He also had the best chance of the game, just like he had against Japan. My point being, and not everyone had a shot that Jesus Ferreira did. Although he started the first, he came on second half in the second game. But Ricardo Pepe and Josh Sargent and Christian Pulisic and Brendan Aronson, uh, Gio Reyna had, some op- had their chance. And the one guy who gets the best opportunities is Jesus Ferreira. That's not an accident. He is always near the play. His problem is converting those. But I would, at this point, would rather have someone who's missing opportunities than not getting any opportunities at all. Because that's the reality of it. The statistics were startling. We can't look too much at them. But just startling in front of goal. You know, the other one is Aaron Long. He had a horrible back pass. I felt really bad for him because everyone ran that video of his horrible pass out of the back. And it was dreadful. But look, it was the one bad pass. And anyone says he had more bad passes, I'll challenge you. I watched the game a second time, and he didn't. Maybe a short ball, a second short ball that came up lame. But everything else, and this was probably a verdict on the sideline. Aaron Long passed the ball to Walker Zimmerman, and he did the upward passing. So that could be a that could be a uh, a criticism on Aaron Long. He didn't have forward passing. He was defending. Uh, so. He, you know, he, he wasn't great, but if we're going to sit here and just keep beating to death, Aaron Long, Aaron Long, and, and ignore the poor performances across the board, then uh, I, I, that's, that's not in good spirit. Sorry. And to say that Aaron Long had bad passes, that's, that's just dishonest. He had the one bad pass, which everyone picked up, put on their social media, and made it feel a million times worse. And I don't, I'm sure he's aware of it. And it sucks. It's not his fault that Miles Robinson got injured and Chris Richards can't play. Both of those who I think would be in front of the pecking order. I think a lot has changed where you're so close to the World Cup that Greg Berhalter will not switch to Chris Richards when he comes back healthy. If he comes back healthy. You know, health is another big issue with this team. So, uh, I wish I, I, I wish we would support our team a little more collectively. Um... Those are the two guys. You know, Paul Ariola came in. He had a horrible miss. But again, he's doing. He is proactive in, in his 
approach that game. A lot of the key guys, Christian Pulisic I was critical of, but I watched again and he he was okay. He was all right, especially coming off an injury. Gio Reyna, I said this back in June when he had those back-to-back injuries. He has to get well. His body is reacting in a very odd way right now. And guess what? Borussia Dortmund noticed it and they have brought him back very slowly. And the reason he's playing more is because Marco Royce got injured. I don't think Gio Reyna is going to be coming back any... I, I, I'm I'm not anticipating Gio Reyna on that World Cup roster. So we'll have to wait and see uh, whether he can do that. And it could be it could be very tricky for him. He's got to get his body right more than anything. He's got to get his body right. And that is paramount in this situation. So... There's a lot to take about, but you know, look, these September games go poorly for a lot of teams. You've got to wash it away. We're in the World Cup. Get excited about it. Get your neighbors excited about it. And when it comes, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's too late to change things around. Has Greg Berhalter handled this well? No. Has he stood to his tactics when they haven't worked? Absolutely. I wish he would concede a little bit there, and he hasn't. And that's a mistake. And that it makes him his participation in this pretty big but the players have to execute as well this is all it this is a great situation uh we're in with the world cup looming i know it's hard to keep your head up because of what happened but this has nothing to do with what happens in november uh you could take some solace in the fact that a lot of the Concacaf teams did pretty well you know mexico had colombia up two goals uh it was 2-1, and then they made like four substitutions. So what happened late, you can't really say apples to apples to the first half. Canada beat Qatar. Canada also had, I mean, at the Uruguay game, they lost two zip, and Uruguay had two goals on two chances. But if you watch that game, Canada was pinging it around. Jonathan David's going to score goals, more than one, at the World Cup. So I'd, Canada, optimistic. Mexico, so-so. You beat Peru, and then you, you obviously... Uh, perform against Uruguay, even though the masses may look at that score and go, oh my God, Canada, out of their depths. They weren't. Costa Rica's going to the World Cup, tied South Korea, and they beat Uzbekistan. Yeah, it's Uzbekistan, but you're you're winning. So I think these CONCACAF teams did pretty well. Panama beat Bahrain. The only ones that didn't was the U.S. and Honduras. But there you have it. The Soccer OG, we're heading towards the business end. Eric Winaldo will join us to talk about USA Saudi Arabia. In stoppage time, we'll be talking about... Lionel Messi, why he's the great one, and why we got to take better care of him. Time now for the business end. We are talking USMNT versus Saudi Arabia. We're talking the September window, which obviously, based on the reaction out there, didn't go also also well. So I asked somebody who always shoots from the hip, off the cuff, now part of uh, SiriusXM's uh, incredible lineup. Eric, when all the work, what's it like working with Tony again? Or, I mean, have yeah. you ever been this, in the same room? Like, no, in this capacity? Tony and I go way back, as you know, um, way back to the, uh, the 89, I think we, we, we first met. Uh, we've, been, we've been buddies forever. Uh, when this whole scenario came, uh, came to pass with, with uh, Dunseth wanting to step away from counterattack, uh, they reached out and asked me if I wanted to... Uh, to, to re-engage with Sirius XM, which was a no-brainer. I, I, I had had a show with them before, and that we shut that down 
when I decided to run for president of U.S. soccer. And, you know, it was it was really easy. It was a quick conversation. It was like, hey, let's get back. Let's get back in the chair and, and, and start uh, and start this relationship. So it's been a, a lot of fun with Tony. But, Tony's a fantastic pro and, and it's great to be with him again. Tony's gotten so much better at that, too. You could see yeah. he's learned. You could see he's talked to people about how to the ins and the outs and how to really offer strong opinions. Uh, he's really improved. So I, I was thrilled to see that you got that. And, uh, but you've been in the, uh, you've been in the media. You're almost more media than you are football at this point, my friend. And I'll tell you, <laughs> you know, what was the worst stat anybody ever threw at me? Your media career is longer than your, and I, and I was like, Oh my God, really? I, I Fox I, champions I, league I, I with Fox and ESPN. ESPN. Yeah. So it's like, Oh God. No, and now I'm wearing these. I mean, I, I can't see anything unless I put these on. So those look good. Very stylish oh. glasses. And by the way, seriously, you're already making, you're already getting viral moments as uh, I go on after the Saudi game and this clip. And I was listening to you guys today. It was excellent again. The clip about Greg Berhalter teaching this team. And I think I've got a lot of people thinking. I, I, I tend to think it's okay. There is some teaching with the team this young, but by and large, National teams, as you would know, a lot much better than I would and the common person. But these guys are supposed to get there. You're supposed to put them together, as you pointed out, and they're supposed to get results. But don't teach. Don't don't try and teach them the game. I mean, that's the the reason why I went that route. Um, and I think I, when we were on the show on Sirius, I used the analogy, uh, this new movie, Maverick, which I think is terrific. If you haven't seen it, go see it. But, do you know what that movie reminded me of? Star Wars. Had that Star Wars element. Well, Coming over to the Death Star. Yeah, but, but but Maverick has always been the Maverick, and he's always been a guy that had ideas and was very good at what he did. Uh, and he had, you know, unconventional ways of teaching because when they brought him back, I mean, and that they set it up in the first movie when he goes, Top Gun? Ah, God help us. And that was, you know, that was the precursor to what is happening now. He actually is teaching these guys. And one of the things that he does in his first day is he walks in there and he says, Everybody, everybody knows this manual, right? And they're all so proud of it. They said, they said, yeah, you bet. Oh, 100%. Yes, sir. And all that. And he throws it in the trash. And he says, so does our enemy. That's how I feel about, about what, what's happening right now. We're not allowing these players to, to actually grow into these spots. We're teaching them how to play a system. And that's not how this works. And, and the reason why it doesn't work, Max, is because if, if, if let's say I've got – three months. Okay. I got three, three, three months and to teach, to teach you a system. Right. And I'm a national team coach. This isn't school. This is not a professor. I don't go every day. I, I'm going to be there for one eighth of a year. I'm going to be together. That's not enough time to get yourself in a teaching mode. And I played for the national team. I played for a decade and I can tell you without hesitation, we don't have enough time to get in the classroom we but have to do you yeah. drop them in the deep end of the pool is this something where like or you find the right guys can you do this you can't so-and-so's getting that that's it, not... pretty much that cutthroat okay. and it really is and and when you look at you know the endeavor of playing well at a world cup which is never easy and this team is fairly young uh and we didn't make it in 18 so this is this is like a long time coming for these guys they've been chomping at the bit for a long time you don't know how they're going to react on a world cup stage but all in all, your job as a national team coach, and Klisman admittedly did overdid it as well. You have to select the players that can fulfill the role, that play well together, and you got to run with it. 
it sounds to me when you listen to the the, the way that the the press conferences happen, the words they use, execution is a word they keep I heard that on the show today. I was going to ask you about it. And I, I, it got me thinking on the rest of my drive home. And it is an interesting word to use. Um, it, it's a football word. It's, it's, it's that's a, you, you, NFL is an American football. Correct. And, it, and you, you compared it to a, a football coach coming out cliche ridden, would you would say, where you'd yeah. say, we got to, we, we got to outscore the opponent. We got to out execute them. We got to we got to get in the trenches. We didn't execute today. And and that that is when you're playing uh the game from a playbook. When this is scripted movements, when this is rehearsed movements or or you know basically pattern play. Uh there are coaches that do it, right? But mainly in a a a club system you can get away with that. Where guys understand this is how it works. This is option A, option B. When, when, the, when the ball's in this position, when, when, when you are physically in this position, transitional moments, these are all pattern play moments that you can understand. It's too much information if, if, if we're coming in three days before a game. And with the nature of this World Cup, with, with these guys finishing their last club game a week to 10 days prior uh, to an actual World Cup game, it's just, it's so, just enough time. It's not going to work. Is it throw out the playbook? Not that it's going to happen, but if you were to say, let's throw out the playbook. Let's play the way you guys are most comfortable. Let's find a way where you can play here and execute, and let's do that. Is that, and that's, again, it's not going to happen. We've seen that Greg is with his system. Pretty rigid. But pretty rigid. But, and, and, and is, there a, is there a precedent with these managers where they've done that and said, have you experienced that? They go, let's play to our strengths. You do this well. You don't do this well. Don't do that. You do this. That kind of thing. You know, over in my years, I've been uh, known to make some bold predictions. And so this would be one of them. I've never said this to anybody. But there will be a moment in a World Cup game where these guys say, no, let's mm. play. Let's play. They'll, 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 they'll do an over. I don't hear you. I don't see They will do an audible in the season NFL. And, and guess who will take credit for that? Greg Berhalter, if it works out. Now, I, I think that one, this team is talented enough to do that, but do they have, for lack of a better phrase, the balls to do it? That that's what I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> it's quite... so Hollywood too, because you always see the movies. You go, that's it. I'm doing it my way. Yeah, the coach right. gets angry. And he already referenced Maverick. He said, "Well, you're not on the flight <laughs> plan today. Well, I'm going anyway." And that girl goes, "Nice." That that's kind of the moment that we are waiting for. And to quote him again, "If you think you die, if if you think out there you die, that's what Maverick said." I can tell you without hesitation, if you if you were thinking too much in this game, especially in a World Cup stage with all that pressure and all of that, if you if you overthink this, your moment will come and go and you'll think about it for the rest of your life. And I'm hoping that we can get these guys in a mental space where they can trust themselves, trust their talent and let it fly, baby, because they're good enough. They're good enough. They yeah. Can- and that com- that's a good point. And look, I, I, far be it. I, I don't know if I'm 100 percent in agreement because their structure is tried and tested with all of this. But I think in this group that has been tried and they haven't responded to it. You can see it the way you they play. It feels heavy. You uh, can it's feel, it, they're, they're going upstream in a lot of things. Exactly. You, you can have. Principles. I know they're better than the way they look. And, and, and when, you, when, when you hear him say, oh, we were a little off on our timing and our passes weren't right and our, our, you know, it's not really about possession, but it was really those transition moments where the pass was, that, that just sounds too contrived for me. I, what, I, what I want these guys to, 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 to do, and, and it's almost like, 
and I'd, I'd used an analogy on one of the previous shows about how you, you become a Hollywood director. You, you know, you, you ask these guys to, to go off the script. And the second they go off a script, you jump out of your chair and go, whoa, 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 what are you doing? And then the actor player says, well, I was trying, to, I was thinking that maybe that director in that moment says, I'm not paying you to think, I'm paying you to read the script. Back to one, let's go. That's what it feels like when you have a player who isn't, breaking out of his 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 shell i mean it's it's force gump with with the braces on just run man and they'll fall off and then it'll, it'll it'll get real here in a second i i just i just think it would be such a travesty if we're cheated out of that and i i know that i know that greg is rigid i know that he is believing in his own system but it, he's coming across like a, a mad professor at times where he's just it's gonna work trust me the formula works and then it's like no it doesn't you didn't do it right. And it's like, okay, only one person can do this. I mean, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a scenario where we get into a world cup and Greg has the ability as a manager to say, I trust you. I brought you here because I believe in you, not believe in my system. I believe in you kid. Now go do it. Go be you. Those are the moments that, that where you really get to see, um, what a player is all about and a manager gets to take a step back and just be a proud dad it's dude take the wheels off the car yeah let them learn let them fall let them get better on that thing and and I, at times i feel like i he just can't take the training wheels off yeah that that, that could be a problem uh and i want to get your thoughts on this being maybe the one rodeo for these guys which it certainly could be for some not all of them right. but it feels like we're doing a mo sports movie pod because i think of the movie hoosiers where Norman Dale, Gene Hackman had this thing goes three passes, three passes. And then yeah. they kept doing it and everyone liked it. And then one guy went against the grain and then uh, uh, he got pulled and then they yeah, have four players left and he walks back out. He goes, no, 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 that's our team. You're out of the game. So he wanted to teach a lesson. But at the very end, Jimmy Chitwood, they say, we're going to do this. He goes, I'll make the shot. No, no, no. That's a great point, Max, because <laughs> he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to we're going to do the do this and do that. And the whole team in the their head up. <laughs> no, but they stand up like this. And Gene Hackman says, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong and with you guys? Oh, they all know. Give it to Jimmy. And they don't need to say anything. They just look at Jimmy and he says, I'll make that. Shit. I'll make it. And he goes, watch the movie. Who's your head? It's at the play. end. I'm so glad you said it because that's the moment <laughs> that I'm waiting for. With but that's team. what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, like basically Greg, we know, okay, great. That's great. Then, then they go in the middle of the field and say, forget everything he just said. Let's go play boys. That's that might mean. happen. That's I what the team did. Said. They all it stood up. In 1995 with the U S team that played against Argentina. Steve yeah. Sampson had a plan and he wanted to play a system. I think we were 40 minutes into the game before yeah. we figure out we were playing with three in the back and he told us to play with four. So I'm just saying it happens. It does. It happens. There's a, there's a, there is a track record. I can't name them off the top of my head, but managers that said, we're going to let these guys play. They're going to play. I'm going to play to my strengths. And they've had success on the world cup euros, whatever it might be. Um, maybe Greg Berhalter just plays that scene from Hoosiers at the beginning of the Wales game and goes, we're doing this today. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pulisic, it's you. <laughs> so we'll see. But one thing he did mention, and I, I, I know, I mean, you went through this. You, I don't know if your job was ever in peril in these World Cup. You were a star player on these teams that you played on the World Cup. 1994, still one of my favorite goals, as I've told you of all time. But what is the what is the dynamic there, especially for 94, where this is a not only a once-in-a-lifetime experience, but when you're hosting it, the tensions, 
because he 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 mentioned that a couple times about there's there's a lot of anxiety here yeah. because these guys don't know if they're going to make it. Is that something that we can channel into where we'd say that is that is on the mind of these guys? Not not only that will they make the World Cup roster, but maybe their their buddy may not, and that's having some okay, sort hey, of effect, this, a this, mental I effect. Say this: you want to take the anxiety away from a player? Of course. Tell him that the player that he's competing against isn't going to be there. <laughs> That's, you think those conversations have been had? Um, the, I think they're being had in the course of the next couple of weeks. Okay. I think, I think we got to thin the herd. I think you got to be careful because a lot can happen between now and November 9th. Yeah. As you get hurt, there could be some injuries. We have a track record of getting hurt, so I would assume you oh have to God. assume that's going to happen. Corey Gibbs and and Sharundalo and 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 Chris Armas and and all these Greg Vanny, all these guys that were on the team didn't make it because they they got hurt before the the, the cup started. But I, I, I'm hoping, I mean, I'm not, I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I just hope also that when, when this team, when you talk about the anxieties that they have um, and they talk about their youth, maybe that they can't handle the pressure. This is where a manager earns his stripes. This is where a manager says the one thing. This, it might be a phrase. It might be a smile. It might be a wink. It could be something so minuscule that that it would go unnoticed but it means the world to players when they know that a teammate or a staff believes in you you know what i can tell you is the worst thing that i've seen with these guys all right before you go out there all right this is what i need you to do and i need you to do this and you can't do this Uh don't don't do this and and by the way this is your guy do not leave that's not the way this works I thought they were playing hangman on the pad. Oh, I thought they were having a little, oh, hey, let's play some hangman before you go out there so we can take the edge the off. joke about what, what's in uh, Juan Osorio's book. I mean, it was like, oh, I really like the other guy's suit. You know, it, it could have been anything. <laughs> but it's, it's to me, um, as in playing for the national team uh, and, and playing in the games that I played in, I can remember the ones that didn't go so well. And I, of course, remember the ones that did. And there is an element of, of fly by the seat of your pants at times. And those crazy moments, um, they have what is called conscious consciousness or conscious uh, competence. And it's it's something that we all think is where all these great moments happen, where you're conscious and you're competent, which means that something great is going to happen. When we hear about people that have these great moments and they're in the zone or whatever, those are unconscious behaviors. You're competent, but you are unconscious of it. And you can't get into that space unless you're free. You can't get into that space if you have calculations and formulas for, you know, rotating in your head when you're trying to play a, a football match. So it, there's a freedom to that. There's a, you know, the, the, the South Americans call it the fantasy of football. And that's, that's something that I Did you do that in Christopher Sullivan Christopher voice? Sullivan, yeah. Used Fantasista. Say, Fantasista. <laughs> but it, it, there's some truth to it. It's, and, and playing the game a, a certain way uh, meaning that, that that you have the freedom and you have the, the belief from your manager. That's usually when you play your best, man. And and these are moments that you score or you make a great pass or you make a great play or, or a goalkeeper makes a great save where you literally say to yourself, I have no idea how I did that, but who cares? Wasn't that amazing? It, those are the moments that we need to, we need to get ourselves in the, in the mental space to be, and it's hard to do, man. It's hard to do. I don't like it that they're talking about anxiety. I don't like it that they're, Talk about insecurities. We don't have time for that anymore. 
It's such a fragile situation and seeing this now and I understand the September camps. And I think you guys talked about this as well. And at the time, hey, Japan, Saudi Arabia and Europe sounds good. The games roll around. There's no one there. There's no atmosphere. It, It just got really weird really quick. And then you're thinking about if this was a normal World Cup, these guys would be in March, April having a send off. Yeah, getting their egos stroked. And right. I thought to myself, and look, hindsight's 2020, because I didn't think of it till the moment it happened. I'm like sitting here going, these guys need their ego stroke. We need, I was there in 2014 when uh, at ESPN, and we had this thing at Times Square. The whole team was there. There was like a band playing, and they were getting a send off, and people were carrying them on their shoulders. I was like, this is incredible. And what a boost of confidence. And that was a, that was a veteran team. That was a yeah. veteran team that was going there. And now this 2000, obviously we didn't have one in 2018. And it just got to me thinking, because not only that, it, it's like the, t- the TV ratings, which I brought up, like, I don't know what they were for Saudi Arabia. They're not going to be good because it was on FS1, but the early game at ESPN had 175,000. So people w- want to get excited about the World Cup, and they will. If the U.S. does well there, and just the fact their presence alone, it, they will have a pop. But it's nowhere near what it was, say, in yeah. 2014, ramping up to a World Cup. And granted, we're well, actually, we're two months away. And I don't feel it. I just don't feel it in the every person because this is a chance to get the hook in uh, some some fans. But not to get to go back to the previous point. I mean, safe to say this team more than any other team needed that champagne parade. Right. Yeah. Maybe and maybe not. I mean, I think what they they. You know, some of us, the old school guys, we will say, oh, these guys are in bubble wrap and they, they're getting you know, everything taken care of. And uh, we got to handle everything with the velvet gloves and, and oh, don't say anything bad about them because they can't handle it. Um, there's 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 two pieces to that. I, I think that that it's got to come from within and those guys got to start holding each other accountable. Uh, and that's that's where, you know, there's plays that happen and guys like me or or Tony, for that matter. Uh, when we do our show and whatnot and people call in and say why'd you say that and then trying to explain it to some lady named kim who's calling from texas who thinks that is mean to somebody because i said it, you know they should have been held accountable for that and the, and you, you think it's such a big job it's such a big job for these guys but they have to be ready for it but 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 what has to happen is and I, i'll challenge you on this one is is in watching this team play have we ever seen them go at each other. No, had a, had a moment of where you know a, a cobra in the <laughs> in the I locker mean, room. Never. I mean, when Harks got 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 his second yellow and he couldn't even play against Brazil on the field, Marcelo said said, "Damn it, what the hell are you thinking?" You know, you know, and and was was so mad at him uh, and, and said, "You got to." And, and the message was clean. It was, "We've only got twenty minutes left in this game. Don't let what just happened affect you. Don't be." Don't be you. I can't, I can't afford for you. We need to finish this game that we're in right now, just because you just had a bad moment and you're thinking about, Oh, I'm out of the Brazil game. Or I'm out of the, 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 you know, the first round game. And that's the kind of stuff that makes you a good team. When a guy makes a mistake that you're willing to tell him, okay, can you hear this? The madness has arrived. My children are here. We're at 27 minutes. You got to get a last question for me before I got to go back, back to being dad. <laughs> no we're good okay i want quiz i was like listening to the the, the, the length of the question I, I just realized the pivot well i'll answer this because people are upset people are upset are the results of this game is the the anger enough is the anger where it should be are people overreacting because we haven't seen this people are, are, are 
of finding scapegoats along the way. Everybody's Where looking is it? Or should we wash this away when November rolls around? Hey, look, man, we, we just tied 0-0 and lost 2-0. We haven't scored, scored one goal in the last four games. People have a right to be worried. What is going to come down, what it's all going to come down to ultimately, do those guys have a fire? Are they angry? Are they out to prove something uh, to all of us? And I think that they go in that circle before that first game in a World Cup and they say, nobody believes in us, but we believe in each other. Let's go, boys. And that might be the galvanizing moment that, that, that they, they need. And I think it's, I'm not, I'm not, I, by no means, I'm upset about the way they played. I think I don't like the way that we're playing this system because I don't think it works. But at the end of the day, I think this team is too talented not to have success. We need a little while when out there to fire him up, but we hopefully someone does arise and, and, and experience certainly gets you there. Eric, thanks for always giving a different perspective, man. I love you. You are the best. Best of luck with Tony on SiriusXM. I'll be tuning in. It's great content. Eric Winalda here in the business, and we'll be back to wrap it up here shortly. Time now for stoppage time, and I feel, especially recently, we're not saying enough nice things about Lionel Messi. And if you know me and you followed some of the things I've done, I've been very critical of the situation of Messi. It wasn't really directed at him. It was directed at how he was, it was time for him to leave Barcelona. How it was time to get a new start, uh, which he eventually did, but he held on. And now there's these reports about maybe he can come back to Barcelona. I'm like, nah, that ship has sailed. And I hope Lionel Messi sees that before anyone else, because Barcelona may have some intentions about, hey, the marketing marvel that Lionel Messi is. There's no doubt about it. And the windfall of money that you can make because Lionel Messi plays for your club. But I would like to think that Lionel Messi will move to a new chapter, and hopefully it's at Major League Soccer. Then the reports that it would come to Inter-Miami, and he would get a stake of the club, and an offer he certainly could not refuse. But it's forward-thinking. He's going to be 35, is it? I mean, he's moving into that final stage. And, I mean, I don't know, technically retiring. I mean, he could play for three more years. Uh, he's 35. Uh, maybe more. And the marketability is through the roof and it would change this league. Maybe he goes to Mexico. Maybe he could go to a lot of places. Maybe go play somewhere else in Spain. Go back to his childhood boy in Rosario, childhood club Rosario uh, Newell's Old Boys. And he's also in the midst of playing some of the best football he's played in many years. Uh, I thought the time at Barcelona, you know, Barcelona's in a good spot and... Barcelona's in a good spot, and they are grooming some players to be the next Lionel Messi or whom have you. So they're in a great place. So the fact they're doing this is kind of, I mean, I understand why, but maybe they uh, focus on <laughs> getting their books in order. That they would get him as on a free transfer, which would alleviate the financial burden. So Lionel Messi's moving forward, and in the midst of preparing for his last chance at winning that World Cup, which he came so close to winning in 2014, which he never really came close to winning in any other prior World Cup. And what's this? Was he there in 2006? So this would be fifth World Cup, which is uh, an amazing achievement. They have a real good shot at it. I mean, they are amongst the three or four best favorites. They are playing as good as anyone other than Brazil. Some of the European clubs, hard to say. And there's a real good chance of him doing it if everything falls into place. More so than four years ago, 
uh, where Argentina would look like we're an uphill battle. Lionel Scaloni, interesting show on um, Amazon about the Argentine national team that you should check out. I mean, you, these soccer reality shows, you can watch so much of it. Uh, I get very bored very quickly. Um, it's very canned. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham is, I've been enjoying, but there's points where it just feels too canned for me. All of these reality shows do, so you got to pick and choose. But in small doses, the Argentine one is interesting. I think Lionel Scaloni is a very interesting uh, person in this big picture of thing uh, with what he's been able to do to Argentina as a former player and uh, getting Lionel Messi to sign on and having this product that, quite frankly, they don't have the talent. It's not all the best Argentine players. That's just some of their parts. You know, with Paredes and De Paul and, you know, even like guys are... uh, some defenders that you would probably think are a little past their prime, but they're doing well. Angel Di Maria is no spring chicken. Obviously, Lionel Messi isn't. Lautaro Martinez is the outlier young player in his prime. Uh, Papu Gomez and other guys that you don't think about when you rattle off what you do with Brazil. When you go Neymar and Paqueta and Hichalison. It's an endless list of star players. Uh, Rafinha. Uh, Gabi Gol, who plays at Flamengo, he can't even get on this team. There's some incredible players that can't get a sniff on this Brazil team. So they are a cut above. But Lionel Messi is in the midst of this incredible run, and that's the number one story at the World Cup. I want that story to come to be. That would be the most satisfying. Uh, Obviously, the U.S. doing well is paramount. But from a neutral's perspective... I want to see Brazil-Argentina in the semifinal. I think if they win their groups, that's where they would meet. If one of them doesn't win the world, win their group, then they could go a different route. But if one of these teams don't win their group, I don't think they would get that far. Uh, that is the best story. I want to see that semifinal, and I want to see Argentina lift the trophy. Um, it's just a, it's there's nothing there's nothing there. There's great stories. I, I would get behind the Spanish when they were going for back-to-back World Cups. I go, I want to see a team win back-to-back World Cups. So I was on board for that when that happened in, uh, in 2014 when it fell flat in their attempts. You know, I, w- I want to see this. And remember, it was, they won the Euros, so they were looking to see if they could win a fourth major competition. You just want to say I was alive when that happened. Let me tell you, back in the day in 2014 when Spain won back to back to back to back. I don't know why I talk it like I'm Sam Elliott. What will you want some sarsaparilla and tell you the story about Xavi and Iniesta? You only get that on the soccer OG folks. So Lionel Messi in Argentina, big tour. They play a game in Miami against Honduras. I was actually was in Miami when that was happening, and you saw Honduras shirts everywhere. It's a huge event. And he plays. Didn't start the game in Red Bull Arena against... Why am I drawing a blank? Against who they played. Oh, Jamaica. And came on and scored two great goals. The guy just doesn't disappoint. He's an incredible showman and makes so many so happy. There is a video I posted on my Twitter of some of the reserve players and whomever the youth teams of Inter-Miami waited to get his autograph. He sat there and he signed everything with a grin from ear to ear, accompanied with some kind words, a conversation that he would commence. I just said, who does this with such grace? Lionel Messi is, I'm just blown away by a personality like that who is so giving. I have had the fortune of meeting him on a couple times, and he was absolutely first class. I mean, these guys can handle this for, I'm emceeing an event, and I go, Lionel Messi, and I'll say something, and it's 
coupled with a smile. I, I know a lot of guys do that, but I can't imagine the the requests that are put on Lionel Messi, and he comes through smelling like a rose every time. So I want to have a moment to celebrate him, wish him the best, and hang on to every moment, because that will go. And getting old stinks. And we've seen it with Messi and Ronaldo for 15 years. We said, who's the best? Who's the best? And last year, for the first time, the discussion wasn't about those two, and they weren't even in the conversation. They were way down the pecking order. We are talking about Messi getting playing time for PSG and now Ronaldo. Nobody wants to sign him. It's crazy. They'll both get a shot. And Ronaldo's story is certainly uh, on the forefront as well. But it hasn't taken shape with what Lionel Messi's done with the success that they have had. Or Portugal may not have had here in recent memory, although they did win the Euros not that long ago. But that feels long ago, no? What's that, uh, six years ago now? It feels long ago. But I would, uh, I would not underestimate Portugal by any means. It feels like a wide open World Cup. Now, last thing about Lionel Messi. In the game against Jamaica, two occasions, pitch invaders ran on and got very, one got very close to him. This security guard there kind of wedged himself between Messi and the pitch invader, but he slid in and he could have easily taken out Messi. And then another one gets through, has a shirt off, and gives a pen to Lionel Messi to sign his back. He's like, sign my back. Messi starts signing it. A lot of people also realize for the first time that Lionel Messi is right-handed. He signed with his right hand. And Messi just does it because he was terrified. He was terrified. As you would, if someone goes, sign my back, and you're in that kind of situation where you don't know what's going on, 99 out of 100 of us would sign that person's back. We don't know if they have a gun or a knife. So I just want to say this because every time I criticize pitch invaders, more and more over the last two years, I don't know if this is a societal thing. People are like, oh, they're having fun. And it's a lot of time it's a little kid who runs on. I go, how sweet it's a little kid. Well, if it's okay for the little kid, it's okay for the drunk adult. And that can't be. It's got to be zero tolerance. If it's a kid, there's going to be ramifications for this kid running on a field. Let him think about that. I know every kid wants to get to Messi, but we have got to eradicate this. And unfortunately, it's Lionel Messi's cross to bear because these guys run out there over and over again. And he doesn't know what to do. And it's so not fair for this guy that has given so much for so many that they want more. They want to take more. Messi, sign my back, sign my jersey. I'm going to run on the field and interrupt this. I don't care about everyone else in the stadium. It's about me. Stop it. And stop glorifying it. All those social media accounts, stop glorifying it when a kid runs on there. I sound like a get-off-my-yard guy. But because we see the cute kid, the cute kid suddenly can turn into drunk dude. Drunk dude can turn into somebody with bad intentions. The security in New Jersey was, they got one of those guys, they were late on the other. This is not about them either. That's a tough job to put in there when these you have a full stadium to keep an eye on. But we got to stop this. This is dead serious. And it is the flippancy about pitch invaders. We used to not show those things, remember? Now we show all of it. We did, we'd say, the broadcast would say, we don't want to uh, encourage people to do this, so we're not going to give the person the benefit of showing them on TV. We always wanted to see the person running on, right? But still, 
more than ever, we got to stop showing that. We got to stop glorifying it, and we got to hammer down. For Lionel Messi's sake, the Soccer OG. Check out the Soccer OG podcast library. It's all there for you. Check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. We're going to take a quick breath. We'll be back very soon, and we will knuckle into the World Cup with regards to not just the U.S., but everyone. Buckle up, folks. We're into the final stretch. Have a great day. I'm headed to the Roxy Music Show at the Forum. Roxy Music, Brian Ferry. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I haven't had anything to drink in like 10 days, so I might have a couple cold ones. Not beer. No carbs and beer for a while, for a month. So far, so good. Until I talk to you again. Palacio Domingo. Domingo.